You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action, ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat to all of the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bolts Broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson, Chase Crawshaw joining me today. As always, Chase, uh, how you feeling on this lovely Sunday afternoon about 30 minutes before the Tampa-Chicago game kicks off? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, this is probably going to be, you know, one of my last updates of looking out my window as I see no more snow. It's officially all gone. So we're, we're officially transitioning to spring. You know, we still got what, uh, two more weeks, right? Something, something along the lines of that um, from us recording until it is, uh, you know, officially spring. But we're, we're just about there. It's starting to get warmer out. It's sunny out. So, you know, I, I enjoy winter, but it when, when it gets to this point, like it, it's time to just, you know, keep on grooving. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And there's still some snow patches over by where I'm at. But, uh, dude, I am doing terrific today. I don't know about you. I don't know what it is. Maybe it was the full eight hours I got last night. But when I woke up and I just stood there, brushed my teeth, I'm like, holy shit, I'm feeling great today. Uh, Had a great breakfast with one of the juiciest oranges I've ever had in my life. Uh, It literally spurt across my table when I was taking a bite. So, uh, I, I don't know. I'm super energetic. I hope everyone's doing well. Uh, it's probably a Monday if you're listening on release. So, hope that this week goes tremendous for you. Hopefully, you're looking forward to whatever you have going today, or maybe it's at the end of the week. Hope everything is going great. But, Chase, we have a great episode on tap. We got to talk about the Tampa games, talk about what happened with the Chicago series. Obviously, one more game to go. Uh, look forward to what's happening this upcoming week. We got Detroit, so that's going to be a little easy. Uh, then we have a lot of stuff after the commercial break dealing with suspensions, new coaches. Uh, I got two really big questions to end the episode off for Chase. He's got to make some, uh, like, analytical stuff kind of but anyways it's gonna be a great episode but first we have to start off with the unfortunate uh mark pavlich and walter gretzky unfortunately passed away over the weekend and two just legends in the hockey community so we're very sad to hear that and we hope nothing but the best uh thoughts and prayers uh with them and their family yeah so you know we'll start with walter gretzky 
he was, you know, the, the true hockey dad, obviously the father of Wayne Gretzky. Uh, he, he was someone who, you know, you always found him around the ranks. Uh, he's someone I never had any interaction with, you know, being, being a young, younger guy, you know, he wasn't really around the ranks when I started going around the ranks, but regardless, you know, like I, I hear different stories about like Wayne Gretzky's first all-star game was here in Detroit. It was the same game that Gordy Howe returned to the Joe for the first time, uh, or just returned to Detroit. I should say he never played in the Joe, but re- beside the point, regardless, um, you know, they, they were tr- struggling to get tickets. You know, Wayne was still a rookie in the league. He, uh, you know, what wasn't a superstar yet. Um, but luckily enough, his dad was able to get tickets, get into the game. Um, and then, you know, from there, Wayne played in pretty much every all-star game. Never His dad never missed an all-star game. His dad hardly missed ever any NHL games. Traveled all the time. He was just the true hockey dad. Uh, so he's in our thoughts and prayers. And then when we go over to Mark Pavlich, kind of a strange situation. Um, don't know if, who all remembers, but in August of 2019, he was arrested for assault and battery on his neighbor. Uh, he was deemed unfit to stand trial and was sent to a med- or a mental treatment facility, and that's where he ended up passing away, and they're looking into the cause of his death. So hopefully nothing happened in that care facility that caused him to pass away. Um, regardless, you know, hopefully we find out some answers soon. It's still just, you know, very, very sad couple of days, and both their families are in our prayers. Well, Chase, we'll now move on to some more lifting news as the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to start to allow fans to come into Amelie Arena. So that's going to be absolutely exciting. Uh, Obviously, we're not down there, so we're not going to be able to get into a game unless we, I don't know, do a quick trip. But yeah, it's it's going to be great to see fans back in the rink. Yeah, I I mean, hell, I, I don't know what... I got going on. I obviously got some health stuff, but I mean, if I could get into a game by the end of the season, hell, what? I, I, it'd be sweet. Um, but yeah, it, it's great for Tampa fans. You know, well, I wonder if, if they're going to do any sort of uh, banner celebration because they wanted to wait to raise the banner all the way to the Raptors until fans were there. I don't know if this is enough fans for them. They might want a full house. So we'll see what happens in the coming weeks, uh, what Tampa decides to do. But it, it's just great. You know, get some fans in the building, just kind of get the atmosphere built up again. Yeah, absolutely. And it it really is just so much more exciting. And, you know, hockey's great regardless. But over the weekend, I was watching some top 10 shootout goals of all time, uh, top 10 Pavel Batsuit goals of all time. And obviously, a lot of the clips are pre-COVID. So there were fans buzzing and it was just awesome that the atmosphere that it just brings to a game even when you're watching on tv is just exhilarant i can't wait for fans to get back in to the rinks all all across the world um so it's going to be very exciting to watch out for tampa bay games as fans start to pile in but chase we now have a game preview a game review and we've got three games to review first Against Dallas, a 2-0 win for our Tampa Bay Lightning as Vasilevsky continues to be the best goalie in the league. That was Vasilevsky riding a three-game shutout at that point, which playing phenomenal hockey. Uh, you know, when we're only scoring two goals in front of him and only putting up 19 shots, uh, if if you get this kind of goalie play, you're obviously going to win. He's, I mean, he was lights out. He wasn't letting up a goal. Uh, it wasn't a very offensive game, really, at the end of the day uh, with shots. I mean, they, it was 19 to 28. That's only a total of 47 shots. It's pretty low in an NHL game nowadays. So it was great that Vasilevsky was able to stand on his head and uh, help Tampa because, you know, they really needed that, that game. Yeah, absolutely. And we always preach special teams on this show, and it was a solid night for the special teams. Penalty kill was 100%. Power play, 20%. I would have liked to see maybe another 
another situation where we ended up putting another one in because we were one for five. So 20%, you know, not bad. But when you got five chances, you hope to make the best of every single chance. So would have liked to see that just a smidge better. But the penalty kill continuing to be phenomenal. That's at least two straight games at 100%. But Chase will now move on to the Chicago series. This was a series we were super looking forward to. Three games Two back-to-back, which we got on Thursday and Friday. Another game starting here and now about 20 minutes. And the story of these two games, don't get an early lead. Because in the first game, Chicago went up 2-0. And we came back and won 3-2 in overtime. Yeah, uh, it, just exactly what you said. <laughs> the early lead ended up kind of being hands for both these games. Uh, starting out number one. Uh, you know, Carpenter and Debrinkat both had second period goals after nothing happened in the first, and then Tampa rallied in the third, got three straight or got two straight, excuse me, and then a third in overtime. Uh, it, you know, it, it was a good game by Tampa. It was a this one was you know more offensive than the previous night or previous game, I should say. Shots, you know, both being in the thirties. Uh, it, it was a, one of these you know really good team games where the team you know they kind of struggled at first. Chicago was kind of controlling the game, uh, being that surprising team that we kind of talked about throughout the season. But things started rolling. Uh, the pucks bounce started going Tampa's way, and then they ended up finding the back of the net. Absolutely. And then in the second game, uh, we had a bit of a more dominant performance. However, like I was saying in the last episode, I thought we were going to lose the one where McElhinney was in net. That did end up being the case. We get out to a hot 2 nothing start. However, we did fall in the shootout 4-3. to three. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's tough. There hasn't really been, I feel like just around the whole league, there hasn't been that many shootouts this year. I feel like I don't really hear them happening that much. I don't know. Maybe I'm just missing something. Uh, but re- regardless, it was, it was kind of strange to see. Uh, it, you know, playing back-to-back nights, you know, we talk about it. It's not easy to win back-to-back nights because the team, uh, you know, they, they you just played, you're really fresh in the mind. You kind of remember the tendencies that they had. You go over the film real quick in the morning, then you adjust and you attack a different way. So it's hard to win back-to-back. Uh, you know, Chicago, they learned from their mistakes blowing their lead, and then when Tampa got their lead, they kind of attacked the same thing. Uh, but, yeah, in the shootout, the only goal scorer was Philip Kurashev, and, dude, this this kid's a, a beauty. I, I was hyping him up big time uh, come draft season. He ended up being only a fourth-round pick. I thought he was someone who should have been second, third-rounder. He was kind of an underwhelming scorer in junior, uh, but more of a two-way guy, and he's, you know, made the NHL at such a young age and is performing so well. You know, good finding for Chicago. Um, I, I hope to see him continue to develop because he's really a kid that I like. Uh, regardless, you know, it was a tough loss. It's tough to see Tampa blow a lead. And hopefully we see something better today. Chase, the one thing I wanted to talk about is the three-on-three overtimes. Both of these games absolutely buzzing. We saw some of the best three-on-three hockey in a long time. What is it in your mind that, over the past couple of seasons, it just seems like the three-on-three, they've gotten more uh, defensive. They're more worried about the breakaway. They're not as exciting. Whereas in these games, you saw multiple breakaways back and forth, back and forth. It was so fun. Well, this reminded me of the first year of three-on-three. Three. So the very first season of three-on-three three overtime hockey, I remember watching a uh, – it was a Detroit-Chicago game. And I remember, seriously, back-to-back back, each way, six different breakaways just – the, like the first breakaway save, and then they finally got in the stretch pass on the change, and that just kept happening nonstop. It was like this is just bonkers. This, this is the best hockey I've ever seen. Like the three on three overtime was the best thing they got, one of the best things they ever could have done in the NHL. To be honest, just get rid of the shootout, and then regular season's perfect. Uh, three on three, it's so entertaining. 
there's so much open space. Um, now we, yeah, we have seen teams, you know, they take it slower, play a little more defensively. They, they try to trap them, you know, at the blue line or not give them too much of an offensive opportunity. But we didn't really see that happen. We, we saw teams just flying at it, the two teams flying at it, these games. And, I mean, that's what the fans want, right? We want to see this offense. We want to see this creativity. When you only got six guys on an NHL size ice surface, you want to see them, you know, pull some moves or, you know, ha- score some, some weird angles or have some fun shots. Like, it's just pure skill and skill at that point. That's what we want to see. Yeah, it's absolute chaos, and I I loved that we got to see it again in these last two games. Uh, Again, like we said, there's a game coming up, the deciding game in the three-game series, in a couple minutes here. Um, So hopefully our guys come out strong, look really good. Um, But previewing our next two games, Chase, the boys are coming towards us. They're coming to Detroit, and they're going back up against Stevie Y. Obviously, we were very successful the last time we faced the Red Wings, and I expect nothing less than two wins here. Yeah, I mean, I have a hard time believing it's not going to be two wins in this. It's a pretty weak Detroit team. Um, they, they've got some you know players to look out for. Some, some younger guys, Evgeny Svechikov has been playing well. they got young Philip Zadina. But they also have old bums like Valtteri Filippola and Franz Nielsen and Danny DeKaiser. It's it's a very just not well-built team right now. Uh, you know, Stevie Y, he left our Tampa Lightning after really he's the one that kind of helped build this championship team. Obviously, Breezeball added the f- finishing touches that were needed, but Stevie built the framework. He's trying to do the same thing over in Detroit right now. Uh, the team's just in a bad spot. They're easy to take advantage of. They're going to be like that for probably another season or two until we start seeing these young guys step up. Uh, this These games shouldn't be much of a competition. I'd, I'd be shocked if Detroit scores three total goals in this series, to be honest. Yeah, and Chase, don't forget about your boy Mark Stahl either. You were telling me something about oh, Mark Stahl actually had some value going forward or something. Yeah, I don't remember whose trade board it was, but I saw it, and he was like 11th on the trade bait board. Some TSN analyst, I'm like, are, are, you, sh- are you shitting me? This guy's been the like worst defenseman on Detroit. He's been one of the worst defensemen in the league. He's got a $5.5 million cap hit almost. Who the hell wants that? Nobody. Yeah, that's uh, that's tough and unfortunate for Detroit. However, I mean, they can afford it. They don't have any big buck players on their roster right now outside of like Larkin and then Mantha got a, a big deal. But uh, he really hasn't lived up to that, at least from what I've seen. No, no. I mean, he like this this Red Wings team, they're an interesting case because like they're obviously really lacking talent. So that's why some of their star players that they have, like the Larkins and Mantha's, you know, they're struggling a little bit this year. They showed some signs last year. You know, they're, they're struggling. They'll figure it out as the team, you know, gets older, more developed, and the younger pieces step up. And don't say they don't have any big buck players, Mike. They're almost paying – they're paying Franz Nielsen almost $6 million a year. Uh, that's, you know, that's superstar value right there. The guy's just a legend. In next episode, I think we should go back to that free agency. I don't remember what it was, 2015, 2016, something like that. Franz Nielsen got signed. Kyle Poso got signed. Milan um, Lucic. There's another one, too, that was uh, Andrew Lodd. Like, there were so many guys that got big buck deals, and it was like, why? Like, even at the time, I remember you and I texting, like, why? It makes no sense. And then, sure enough, all it is is a hindrance on every team. Oh, yeah, it, it, it's bad. We, we definitely should go back and look at that because, like, it was comical. Like, every signing, you're like, oh, okay, that's not going to work out. Um, it, and I got it. Yeah, I think it was the 2060 because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was the season that Sam Coase was supposed to be a free agent uh, and everyone expected him to leave. And all of a sudden he didn't. So teams kind of started panicking and signing other guys to big contracts. Hence the Franz Nielsen to Detroit signing. 
<laughs> Man, if you can't get Stamkos, Brendan Franz Nielsen. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fair. You know, it's equal talent right there. Yeah, exactly. All right, Chase, we're going to go to a quick commercial break on the back half of this episode. Going to be talking suspensions, a new coach, and then I have two very big questions for Chase. So uh, we'll be right back. He's my brother, Mike. He's my brother, Matt. And we are the brothers of discussion hosting Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a vote. In a season mired in tragedy and despair, we are here to be your audible Earl Grey to bring joy placidity, and perspective to one of the roughest eras of Red Wing history. Ah! We honor the past, find the positives in the present. I swear they're there. And paint the picture of what's to come in the winged wheels future. Paul Woods here on the radio broadcast of your Detroit Red Wings, and I'm going to play games like, who's that? Who's that come on. Where Matt has to try and guess quotes pulled right out of context for Jeff Blashell, and we got to figure out who that Red Wing is. <laughs> Every episode... We put ourselves in the legendary shoes of Steve Iserman and play Be the GM, finding ways to ice a competitive team while accumulating assets for the franchise's future. We also shoot the breeze, some of the great local and national voices in Red Wings hockey, including Ken Kell and Keith Gave and Greg Wyshynski and Ryan Lambert. Check us out every Monday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And check us out live every Wednesday and Sunday for Red Wings reactions and live conversations with you on our YouTube channel, The Brothers of Discussion. All right, and we are back. Uh, Chase, before we hop into this news, um, our buddy John, he might be a little upset with you because he called me while I was making breakfast and was like, hey, man, let's play some COD. I've only got an hour before work. We got to get some COD going. I'm like, sorry, bro. I got to go record with Chase. And uh, if he doesn't get his cod buddy, which he didn't today, he's he's not going to be very happy. So he might have a little a uh, little bit of a grudge with you. Well, he doesn't have a contractual obligation to play Call of Duty with you, so he can suck it for all yet, care. yet, <laughs> yet. Okay, all right. Be on the lookout for this, I guess. Yeah, we're we're holding on. I'm an elite right now. <laughs> I can't God. even get to Masters, but that's okay. I'm still going to get to the big league. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Chase, let's talk about suspensions first. Uh, Tom Wilson's suspension, uh, only seven games. It's ridiculous. He should have gotten a full season. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to go full season, but he should have gotten more than seven games, at least double-digit number. Uh, he, I mean, he like, – Brandon Carl was hurt, was hurt pretty good. I don't know any updates uh, since the hit. But it was straight to the head. People are trying to say, oh, it's clean. Look, he made uh, principal point of contact was the shoulder. Maybe their jerseys touched was the max contact they made. It wasn't. It wasn't shoulder. It was, head. It was right to the head. It was a dirty hit. A hundred percent. You know, I saw something saying like, some former NHL player, too. I don't know. It was a goalie saying, um, have you ever seen a suspension on a hit that wasn't called a penalty? First of all, yes, that has happened. And second of all, it doesn't matter because the refs were oblivious idiots and missed it on the ice. Doesn't mean that's not a dirty play. That's the type of shit you want out of hockey because you want these guys to be able to have careers. We've seen careers and, you know, because of concussions like Mark Savard, Paul Correa, his career drastically went downhill from concussions. David Booth was going to be an Olympian. Then Mike Richards took off his head and he struggled becoming or remaining a full-time NHL after that. You know, you got to protect these players. You got to protect their heads. You got to protect their health. So if you're trying to argue that this type of hit isn't a penalty, shame on you, especially as a former player. And Chase, you talked about 
prior suspensions and and the rule that the NHL goes by and how stupid it is. Because Tom Wilson, this isn't the first time offense from him. This is a guy who it seems like continuously every season, maybe not every season, at least every other season, he's doing something stupid like this. He, he got like a half a season suspension that he had to appeal and get it reduced. But it was over 18 months ago, so he's not considered a re- repeat offender anymore. It's the dumbest thing ever. I don't give a shit just because he got away with some hits where he didn't get suspended over, over the last two months or because, you know, there was a, what, five, six month break because of COVID. So all that hockey is not being played all of a sudden. Uh, and, you know, we have these all these breaks here and there. There's not as much opportunity. It's so stupid. If you get suspended, it should always be on your record. Like. If you're a dirty player, you're a dirty player. Just because you didn't do something for a few months doesn't take away that you're not a dirty player anymore. Uh, you know, if the repeat offender was still in effect, he would be paying more money and he would have gotten more games. It's just a really stupid rule. It's just showing the NHL doesn't give a shit about their players. They really don't. They care about money. They care about ratings. I get it. You need the money so the league can, you know, continue to grow. And the ratings show that the league is growing. And it's going to cause players to make more money, blah, 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 all that stuff. But at the end of the day, if you don't care about players, you don't care about their safety, it's just going to destroy the league. It's going to make it worse. And we hate to continue to gripe on the system, but Chase, Brett Pesci, Slewfoot, didn't get a suspension. Yeah, I mean, him and Robbie Fabry were going to the bench, and he literally just kicked out Robbie Fabry's leg, and he went back, and he got a two-minute trip, $5,000 fine. A $5,000 fine to a multi-million dollar athlete is nothing. Like, another example, when Ovechkin... He, uh, you know, gave a little cup check to Trent Frederick, full power. If you saw the flex on the stick, I can't believe the thing didn't break. Ovechkin got a $5,000 fine. It was like uh, someone making forty grand a year paying a $17 fine. Like It's so stupid. Like, the fine system is just, it's stupid bullshit. It should be a percentage of your salary. And then, you know, a slew foot should be an automatic suspension no matter what. Because I've seen some really bad injuries from people I've played with and from, you know, working in a hockey league. I've seen bad injuries from slew foots. It's horseshit that it's not an automatic suspension. Yeah, so uh, there's your little daily, not daily, there's your little bi-weekly. Yeah, it's bi-weekly. I mean, bi-weekly goes both ways, right? Yeah. Yeah, so there's your little bi-weekly chase rant on how the system's terrible right now and... um, Peros needs to get his get his stuff together. Uh, but Chase, we'll move on. We'll move on to the Buffalo Sabres. This is a team we've kind of been keeping an eye on, even though we're a Tampa podcast. And that's because they got Jack Eichel, one of the biggest names in hockey right now. Obviously, there's rumors about him possibly leaving, him possibly getting traded. Well, now the Sabres say that they are open for business. Yeah, so, you know, it sounds like that they are fully ready to sell the players. Um Jack Eichel probably is going to be an offseason move. It's just too big of a salary, too big of a piece to move regular season. Too much going on. But a guy like Sam Reinhardt, a guy like Eric Stahl, you know, maybe on the back end like a Henry Okiharu, um, you know, like th- th- these types of guys are very likely going to be on the move, maybe even like a Rasmus Ristolainen too. I, don't be shocked if you see four or five guys end up trading from this Buffalo team. Hopefully Taylor Hall is one of them. Hopefully he goes to an actual good team. Doesn't just go to, you know, to fake good teams like the Oilers or the Devils or the Coyotes. I don't know why he signed with Buffalo in the first place. Clearly wasn't going to be a good, like good enough team this year. He should have went somewhere else. But regardless, hopefully they trade him somewhere else. I hope to God he doesn't resign an extension there. Just be wasting his career. Uh, this is going to be a... I don't want to say like a blow up for this Buffalo team, but I would imagine that we're going to see some pretty big roster changes by the deadline. Yeah, the only time that Buffalo has been good at hockey 
is when you and I control them in NHL 21 with our new Buffalo Facts. franchise. Because they have been absolutely horrendous over these last, what, decade now? Uh, Taylor Hall, I don't know why he said he wants to go to a competing team and then goes to Buffalo. Didn't really make sense to me, but... Anyways, it's going to be a very exciting trade deadline, a very exciting offseason, not only with Seattle coming in, but so many moves going around with other teams as well. So something to look forward to. Next up, Chase, we talk about your favorite coach of all time, Daryl Sutter. He's back in the business. Yeah, he's definitely not my favorite coach. He's a uh, very just mediocre coach. I mean, like he's someone who... He's not like necessarily towards where he's loud and kind of like obnoxious, but trying to get it to you. But like he's someone that he expects you to go through a wall for him, uh, which is fine. But like it's shocking that he got another coaching job. He's been out of you know coaching for a little bit. He is just he's a horrible in the media. He's very dull sounding. Um, I, you know I've I've heard some accusations about him and some some of the stuff and the shit that he does in the locker room. It just doesn't sound like he's the kind of guy you want leading your team. So it's weird to see that they went in this direction. Um, I don't think it's going to work out. I could be wrong, but I, I really don't think it's going to work out. Yeah, and it's not only a rest of the season deal. He's got another two years after this as they sign him to a three-year deal. Uh, I thought that was interesting. You know, when they fire their coach, you expect them to uh, have an interim till the end of the season, really do some research, look at who they're going to get. But they're like, you know what? Fuck it. Three years for Daryl Sutter. Let's do it. Uh, Very interesting. And yeah, that was actually one thing I was going to bring up as someone who's trying to be in the media as someone who's aspiring to be a media person in sports. I just feel like I wouldn't get anything out of Daryl Sutter. I'd be like, hey, coach, how'd you think the guys were doing tonight? I don't know, some bullshit question. And you'd be like, hmm. Something like that. I, I, that's about what he is. He's he's not he's not someone that the media likes because he doesn't give you good answers. He doesn't give in depth answers. He's very monotone. He he's not someone that's that's good for ratings and good for views and good for clicks. Honestly, um, it it's it just I, I feel for you know Calgary media. I feel for Calgary fans because I just like, I really think this is not going to work out at all. All right, Chase. Let's now move on to a weird story. And right after this weird story. You're going to be on the hot seat as I've got two important questions for you. But first, the story on how Vegas got kicked out of their hotel while they were in San Jose. Yeah, so this is weird. So they're in San Jose playing, obviously. Um, they're, they're at the hotel. They get a pregame meal and they get a pregame nap. And all of a sudden they're, uh, you know, woken up. They're, they're told, hey, you got to pack your stuff and go. I got what? So I, everyone has to leave the hotel. Uh, the hotel just suddenly filed for bankruptcy and had to shut down. So everybody there had to just leave. So Vegas had to scramble to find another hotel. Just a really random, weird story. You would think that, you know, a team like an NHL team specifically staying, they'd be staying at these hotels that are, you know, world-class that are safe, that aren't going anywhere. But yeah, this happens something that, you know, it's probably never really happened before in the NHL or pro sports. Super weird. And could you imagine if you're just like a couple down in San Jose visiting California for the first time and someone knocks on your door and goes, hey, we're filing for bankruptcy. You got to leave. That's like, so weird. I mean, for a hockey team, they can figure it out. I mean, it's still unfortunate. But like if you're just a random couple out there, like, oh, my gosh, that would suck. Yeah, it, it's just such a weird situation feel bad for the for the hotel owners because you know that sucks that you you got to file for bankruptcy but for like all yeah all the guests like what, what a nightmare yeah absolutely all right chase two big questions for you last 
little segment of the episode before we move into hockey name of the day and an outro, but here are my two big questions. They both surround, well, I, I won't say that. I won't say that. I'll just say that this, this first question, the New York Rangers, are the New York Rangers ruining their young prospects? Because Chase, you put out a top, what was it, top 20? Top 20. Top 20 NHL prospects. And I'm not going to say where Kapokaka was. He was top five. Not going to tell you which number. So if you want to check that out, make sure to do so. But Kapokaka, right now, 15 games, only four points. In the last six games, he's been averaging above 17 minutes of ice time, only one point in those six games. It seems like things aren't going right for him. Alexi Lafreniere, we've talked about his struggles and, you know, the ice time situation. And even if it's an ice time thing, that's still on the Rangers. Are the Rangers ruining their prospects? You know, it's a good question because you look like, you know, not even these guys. If you want to talk about Vitaly Kravtsov as well, another great example. Uh, he comes over and he's told you got a really good chance to make the NHL team. You probably will. You'll get some playing time. He gets sent to Hartford. Uh, he gets to Hartford. The coaches do not, do not like him. They don't play him. He plays bottom six minutes. He's a ninth overall draft pick. No ninth overall draft pick that's 20 years old, 19 years old, should ever be playing bottom minutes if they're in the American League. You got to give them the ice time. You got to give them the chance to succeed. So, you know, it was starting there is, is really the first kind of sign of it for me. And then Capacaco, you know, he, he had a kind of rough rookie year. Um, we I, I attributed a lot of that to him just being nonstop, like playing hockey over the last like two years or so prior to that. Because he'd been in every summer showcase, every junior tournament, every men's tournament, he'd been nonstop for Finland. So it seemed like a little bit of a fatigue thing. But then you go to Lafreniere, and he's had all this time off and been ready to heal, been training, and he's struggling too. So it, it's a good question to ask. Um, I probably would have to lean like more towards yes than no. I'm not a big fan of the coaching staff and management group in uh, New York, to be honest. I, I, there's There's better out there. The, the way that they've been developing players over the last few years has seemed, seemed a little weird. You know, a lot of guys aren't hitting, you know, there's a couple of guys that, that they've found that are working right. But like those guys, like Adam Fox, they traded for Colin Blackwell's playing well this year. He was just a journeyman free agent signing. There aren't these young guys that should be developing, you know, like their Lieber Hayek's or Philip Hedel, Brett Howden. And of course, you know, the other names we've already mentioned. So it, it's, it's, fa- it's fair to, to question that. And if I had to lean one way, I'd say, yeah, they're ruining them. All right. That's great. And I know you, you thought Kapokaka was going to have a breakout year because, like you said, you thought fatigue was a big thing with last year. He finally got a little break with COVID. I'm not making the playoffs and stuff. So you were hoping this was going to be the year and it, it just hasn't turned out yet. So we'll have to keep an eye on that situation, because if the Rangers somehow ruin a Lafreniere, a Kako, a uh, Krasov, like you were saying, and many other prospects that they have in their system right now, that is going to be a big, big deal. But Chase, my next question here, is Matt Barzal the most underutilized player in the league right now? And if not, who is it? I mean, I'd, I'd be pretty hard pressed to find somebody else to fit that mold. It'd be hard to say no, that it's not Matt Barzal. You look at this Islanders team, they're a very defense first type of team. Um, but funny enough, they're the only team in the NHL that has at least, um, four guys with nine goals or more, uh, just a random stat of the day. Saw that this morning. 
So it's it's you know it's a weird situation because they, they have some offensive ability on that team and Matt Barzal is a superstar level talent. He should have been a top five pick in his draft year. Had injuries, he fell to sixteen, which was an absolute joke. I said it at the time that there's just no reason this guy should be falling this low. And look what he's done so far. I mean, look at his rookie year. He's a point per game, and since then Barry Trotz has come in has demanded he plays more defensively. He's had to give up a lot of his offensive prowess. Um, if he goes somewhere else. He's a 90 point guy every single season. No joke. At least it, it's safe. He's easy, easy point per game. He's that type of talent, but he's just not allowed to showcase it because of where he is. And I think a lot of us know how damn good he is and how the trot system doesn't allow him to shine like that. But the reason I brought up the question was, I don't know if you saw his goal this weekend. Oh, yeah. It was at least a top five goal I've seen of all time. It might even push to that top three mark. I mean, it was tremendous. And he went around. I mean, it was against Buffalo. So, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. But, like, that's like some... The last time I saw something that magical, uh, like, watching live, and I was like, holy shit, did that really just happen? Was the hurdle goal when he made Marty Biron retire. Uh, <laughs> every time I think of that game, I just think of the Joe Thornton quote, dude. Oh my God. One of the best quotes, one of the best, just like stories ever. So funny, but that, that's fair. I, it was a ridiculous goal. It, it was beautiful. And it, it was all an individual effort. And on a team where those like type of efforts really aren't necessarily applauded or looked at. I mean, obviously it's applauded because he scored a goal, but they're not like encouraged really. They're encouraged to, you know, get the dirty goals and don't let them score. Yeah, I was kind of shocked also, like, he didn't have much of a celebration. He was just there, like, hugging the guys. Like, come on, dude, you just scored one of the best goals of all time. Blow up. Go crazy. I know if there were fans in the arena, they'd be going absolutely nuts. But uh, anyways, I digress. Chase, let's move on to hockey name of the day here. All right, scrolling down here, we have Emmanuel Shafayev. Yeah, our boy... Emmanuel Shafayev is you know, how it's pronounced, but regardless, Emmanuel is a Russian, actually. I didn't know that Russians were named Emmanuel, uh, but Emmanuel Shafayev is a 20-year-old, 6'2", 207 Russian forward, playing, uh, you know, he's, he had some games in the VHL this year, playing in the NMHL right now. It's kind of, kind of lower level. It's not really anything too special. He, you know, he's a fine player. Maybe he'll make a career playing lower level pro in Europe, but we'll never see him doing anything over North America. But yeah, a Russian named Emmanuel. I thought that was weird. I have to say, that's probably the weirdest spelling of Emmanuel I've ever seen. That'd be like spelling Haley with an EA at the end or something instead of a Y Facts. or an EY. Like, Facts. E M M A N U I L. Never seen that spelling of Emmanuel before, but. Uh, I, I guess because uh, he's Russian, maybe that's how they spell Emmanuel over there. I'm not I'm not really sure. I'm not very versed on the Russian culture, but that's going to do it, Chase, for the episode. Let's hit him with an outro and make sure to plug your new YouTube video there at the end, too. Yeah, all right, will do. Uh, as always, we want to thank you guys for listening. If you'd like to be on Patreon, on Patreon, we'd really appreciate it. It is not required. Uh, it just shows a way that you support us. It's not just us. It's the whole network, too. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, that is at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. And follow WNP on Twitter. You can get a lot of football talk there at WNP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. Uh, and then if you want to follow me on Twitter and check out my YouTube, you know, my Twitter handle is at Chawdust. Uh, I have my YouTube in my link or my like my YouTube link in my bio. Excuse me. 
Um, just released a video, top 20 hockey prospects under 20. So, you know, uh, just like a 20 under 20 type list, but for the best hockey players in the world. Uh, so make sure to check that out. I'll have a new video coming out this week. Uh, little spoiler, it's uh, kind of going to be for players to watch out for, essentially. Uh, I don't want to give you the exact name or topic of the video quite yet, but something along the lines of that. So if you want to subscribe to me, uh, you, just, you can search me up Chase Crosha on YouTube. You'll find it that way. Uh, you know, I'm still in the works on coming up with like a official name for myself. So that's why I'm just using my generic name for now. But I digress. Uh, make sure to, to go to the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. Find all the podcasts on the network right there. Boom. Look at the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Whoever listening, rate us five stars. Send us your questions, comments, concerns. And don't forget to use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Thanks so much for checking us out. <laughs> for checking us. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you guys have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you Thursday. Thursday.